0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur and my name is Tiago. Nice to meet you. I am a bootstrapper or a full-time bootstrapper rather since June 2021 and I've been working in public with you, sharing my journey within this podcast. And I've worked in many projects and the one that I'm working now, mostly at least is the WB space, a virtual coworking space for bootstrappers. And I have, a MRR, which is monthly recurring revenue of 1,000, 1,000, <laughs> I wish of $133. It's cool, but it's not good enough to pay the bills. And uh, I've been getting unemployment money from Germany, but that ends this month. So I've been kind of stressing out a little bit. What I I won't lie to you. And this is an introduction for any new listener. And uh, if you are a new listener, you can go to the first episodes or. I mean, there's so many, actually. I I understand that you don't want to go back all the way, but maybe go back just a couple and start listening. There are also a lot of great interviews with a lot of amazing bootstrappers, and I've learned a lot from them. So make sure to check that out. And uh, yeah, welcome to another episode. In this episode, I want to speak about multiple topics. I want to speak about the advantages of uh, doing this bootstrapping full-time because I've been hearing a lot of people recommending not to go full-time and I definitely also see the advantage on that but I I just want to also share a little bit my view on that. I have a couple of updates on my research on going viral a couple of tweets that uh, I mean they didn't go viral but they they performed really well and I want to share that with you. And I also want to share about a cool new idea that we are about to start in the WB space, which is an accelerator, like a Y Combinator for bootstrappers. Super excited to speak about that with you. So, yeah, a lot of new members joined. I'm not now mentioning each member. Before I used to mention every new member that joined the WB space, but um, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. But yeah, I think 3 or 4 joined this past week, which is great. A lot of them are coming from Indie Hackers, and one actually came from Product Hunt. So really, really nice. And now, without any further ado, let's get started with today's episode. What are your thoughts on school? Did you like it? Was something that you were excited about or not so much? In my chat with uh, Team Stoddart last Thursday, he told me that he didn't like school. And uh, I kind of understand. It's not for everyone. It's not for every personality. It-, it doesn't mean that one personality is better than the other. For sure, it doesn't. But they are just different. And uh, most of us entrepreneurs... We are always having new ideas, and it's really hard to just sit down and do nothing. And in school, that's basically it. You're just sitting down, and the teacher is speaking about the subject that most of the times you don't even understand why you're learning it. And uh, I don't know. When I was growing up, up until high school, school was okay. I didn't love it, but it was interesting and fun and it was nice to be with my colleagues and friends it's also i don't know i didn't find it extremely hard to endure but when i reached college that was a different story i went to what is said to be one of the best colleges here in portugal engineering schools it's here in lisbon And uh, all my family was super proud when I got in, and I was also proud. I thought, yes, this is a nice school, and I, I will learn a lot. But I didn't like it at all. It's very theoretical, and the teachers, they just don't care. Normally, you just have a huge class with 200, 300 students, and they are just speaking, they don't take questions. Or when they do, they kind of judge you if you make a question, a bad question or something like that. So I was always a little bit afraid of asking, and I would just get lost. I would lost myself in my thoughts in the first five minutes or so. So I stopped going to classes. I figured out that I could just study at home, and there was no point on actually doing the commute. It was a one-hour commute to go to school. In my last years, I was maybe going once a week or something to the mandatory classes. And I remember back then a lot of people saying that that was the strong point of that school, because it would teach you how to learn by yourself. And sure, that's useful. But that's not why school is for, right? I mean, I'm paying. Why am I paying so that I can just learn by myself? It makes no sense for me. <laughs> but I did learn how, how to learn, <laughs> which it's definitely an important skill. And uh, I'm sad because there was a lot of things that I, I wish I would have learned in school... But I just didn't because the teachers were not good. They wouldn't motivate you. But this whole process of college gets me thinking. Because to get an engineering course, you need to study a bunch of subjects that were set up for you, right? There's one person or a group of people that decided that for you to be a software engineer, you need to learn these subjects. You'd get your license after that. But that makes no sense. Most of the times, and I guess you will have the same opinion as me, once you start working, you realize that there's many things you didn't learn at school, in college, that you should have learned. And you, at least myself, I learned most of the things that I use nowadays in my company, in my first jobs. Even now, I'm always learning. But in one way, it's nice to have this sense of achievement, right? When someone says, okay, you study this, you pass these grades, and then you are an engineer. Even if you didn't learn most of the things that they were teaching you, as long as you pass your classes, that's it. Simple. It's something that you can control. It depends on you. Being a bootstrapper is very much different for many reasons. First of all, I I took this time, it's been already nine months to build my projects, and also to learn. I wanted to learn how to be a good entrepreneur, how to build projects. But there's no one validating this for me. There's no one saying, Tiago, you need to learn this and that, and this is how you do marketing, this is how you code, this is how you monetize your platform. No, there's so many platforms and so many variables, and every case, it's its own case, right? So there's no guidelines. And I guess the only way to validate somehow that you're learning something is if you find success, right? And uh, for me, success is monetary success. If I was making 10K MRR, I don't know, maybe I could say to people that I've learned something. I, I quite often think about if I'm now going back to the job market, can I add this to my resume? Can I say that I've learned how to be an entrepreneur and now I can work as an entrepreneur or project manager or a CEO or whatever in their company because I learned this. I don't how do I prove myself? Because I didn't find a success, at least monetary success in, in my product, right? So I quite often feel that this might also be a waste of time because I just don't know if I'm learning the right things. But it's also very freeing because I get to explore the things that make me more excited and that I believe will help me reach the next level. I've been, as you know, researching more about what it takes to become viral. And uh, if you have heard the last episodes on Tuesday, I gave you already some of my observations, which again, I don't know if they're right or wrong. They are just observations that I've done. And I've done a couple of other observations this uh, past week. First observation that I've done was that it's important to write a buzz. And uh, this might seem a bit weird. And it's not a buzz like the public transportation. It's like a buzzword. When someone is speaking about a topic. So everyone is speaking about machine learning now, let's say, for instance, or AI. So if you write some content that also speaks about it, it's the likelihood of it's being catched up and getting viral it's higher so when i was sharing this with the community with the wb space someone shared a very interesting ted talk i will also share it with you but this ted talk is about uh, three guys i think they were uh, marketeers as well or designers or something and they decided to make or to try to make a viral video so they had this kind of table which i, I didn't even realize if, if it was like a digital table or if it was just a normal table but the table kind of looked like an iphone So they thought, this looks like a gigantic iPhone. And everyone is speaking about iPhones. So let's just do a video say that we built a gigantic iPhone and this will get viral. It took them uh, some time to make this video, to do all the special effects. But in the end, it really looked that they were interacting with a gigantic iPhone. And this video went berserk. Berserk. This is a great word, isn't it? Berserk. (laughs) This video went viral. Like, everyone was... Watching it, some people were questioning if it was fake or not. And they got interviews. They really got projected to the next level. And uh, it was really nice. It lasted for a couple of weeks. But in the end, they didn't get anything from it. Because I guess they were not even expecting to go viral. This video was not connecting to them or to their products. Well, they, they were doing a TED Talk, so they did something they did get for sure. But one interesting thing here to see is that they were, again, riding this buzz, the buzzword of iPhone and Apple. And if you do something around that topic, if it's good, it's much easier to get picked up than if you just speak about, I don't know, stones or something like that, something that no one is speaking about. And I, I recently did our heads to viral oh i mean viral in my in my spectrum right uh, tweets they're not they're not actually viral they they just let's say performed much better than uh, my normal tweets and they're very interesting one of them got me about like 30 new followers in the past week or so on the past days which is crazy so one of them it's uh, it had 37 likes And uh, I I tried to get this idea and try to take leverage of again, this concept of following a buzz, right? So in the bootstrapping world, and and if you you follow bootstrappers on Twitter, you know that there is this common joke about marketing, that uh, marketing is the challenge, the monster, the Loch Ness monster of every bootstrapper because no one wants to do it, but you basically have to do it 90% of the time. So when I was traveling now, Uh, I was traveling for the weekend, and and I I found this nice statue that is kind of creepy, and uh, it's a statue slash fountain, and there's this lady, and there's water coming out of her eyes, it looks like she's crying, but it's really weird, I, I will also share the tweet here with you so that you can check it out, because, yeah, it's a bit creepy, And uh, the caption I wrote was, this artist was able to capture the moment of an entrepreneur realizing that marketing was 90% of the job. So I got this concept, I made it funny. And if you remember my last episode, there are these emotions that I think are connected uh, on every viral post, which is being funny. I think people will be like, okay. Another one is that people identify themselves with it because a lot of my followers are bootstrappers and they know how hard marketing is and uh, it's also surprising because i mean this is a very surprising picture and this statue only exists in braga in portugal in that specific town so it's something kind of unique and it performed really well it got 37 uh, likes it got reach of uh, almost 6,000 impressions and it got me a bunch of uh, new followers. Another tweet, yeah, I know, this, this week was really good. Another tweet that also got a lot of traction, and similar similar to this one, was uh, something that I, I've noticed already that this works really well. And uh, it's a picture of me sharing an, an orthodox place where I'm working, right? So this time I was in the train, I was going again to the city, and I was working from the train. And I just take the picture. The picture is not even that good. You can just see my laptop and you can see the train and the window. And I just wrote my office today train emoji. This got 41 likes. 41. Just for you to understand, I normally have like four likes, three likes. This got 41. And in this 41, there's a reach of 5,000 impressions, 46 profile visits. This is really, it's really important, by the way. When you share a tweet, you should always check your stats because sometimes you have a lot of impressions but you don't have a lot of profile visits and it depends on the content it's some content people just like and they move on with their lives some other content people want to check who wrote this content so they will check also your twitter profile and you really want that because then they will most likely follow you so this was the tweet that got me about 30 new followers it was really really nice and uh, to be honest here I'm not writing any kind of buzz. I mean, maybe the digital nomad trend, which is huge, as you know, Peter Levels has made a fortune out of that. And uh, I just—it's—it's it's something that is surprising. It's uh, and people want to see it. So I will definitely every time I'm traveling. And as you can see, traveling is amazing because you get to see things that are unique. You get to do things that are unique. So it's much easier to also write viral content. So these were the two tweets that uh, got me a lot of traction this week. Really nice. I've learned a little bit more about what it means to go viral. And of course, I can still not reproduce it every time. I don't think anyone can. Being viral, there's always kind of a randomness to it. But you can somehow understand what posts have the potential to go viral and just do a lot of them. Another thing that I want to share with you is about going full-time bootstrapping or doing on the side. And I've heard opinions in for both directions. I've heard people saying, yeah, it's much better to do it on the side. And people that said, it's much better to do it as a full-time job. It really depends on yourself and your situation, right? So obviously, If you don't have money to sustain yourself as a full-time bootstrapper, you should and you cannot do it. It's really, really stressful and uh, it takes a long time to actually make a living out of it. So if you don't have the money, unfortunately, you cannot afford to go full-time bootstrapping. If you do have the money, if you have some savings that you can afford to lose or quote-unquote lose, because you never lose, you learn a lot, etc. But if you have some savings, now you can decide. And I want to give you kind of the pros and cons of both approaches, right? So let's say you do it on the side. Let's say you keep your on your job, or, or maybe you even reduce one day and you have one full day just for your projects, but you still work. The benefits of it is it's much less stressful for you, in terms of your financials, right? You are still making money. It's still very easy for you to explain to others what you're doing. People understand it because they know you have a job and you, you can relax. You you don't feel so stressed. You can take time also for vacations, for your family, whatever. So in terms of having a toll in your mental health, I think this is definitely a better approach. And uh, if you also go full-time bootstrap and you're always stressing out, it's not productive at all. However, for me, being a bootstrapper, it's a full-time job. I'm always working. And uh, even when I go to bed, there's things that I could have done, right? So when I was doing my my projects before as a side gig, I mean, I didn't have the time. I was feeling so frustrated because I had to do something that I didn't want. I had to work. And then I would have to go home and people would be like, uh, Tiago, like, I don't know, my partner, my family, they would be always, okay, Tiago, can... Let's do something. It's a weekend. And I'm like, no, I want to work. They would also not take as seriously my bootstrapping projects because they knew it was something on the side. And uh, now that I'm doing full-time, they do. They know this is my job. It's much easier to convince people that it makes sense for me to spend time doing this podcast or doing a community or whatever because it's my job. They, They understand it. And also, I... I have all the time in the world. There's no excuses. I cannot say, yeah, yeah, it's because I didn't have time to make it. No, I can focus 100% in my projects. And I have to say, I've never felt this much purpose in working. It's so much fun. It's so much. It's so freeing. This feeling is really, really nice. Obviously, that then you have the cons, which is you are not making money. You have an intense pressure of performing, of of getting money, of getting clients. And if you don't do it. It's your livelihood that is at stake, right? So I have my savings, so that's completely fine. But I know that I will have to stop it and, and find a job. And I will always feel a little bit like I failed, right? I mean, it's hard not to feel that, like that. So I, I'm still in that area. And I now I, I if you are a follower of this podcast, you know that I struggle with this a lot, especially in the beginning. And I found a way to go around it. And now I feel good. I don't think too much about it. I don't have that stress. I see it as my job. But it it was really hard. And for your mental health, it's it's much harder for your self-confidence and so on. So here there are the pros and cons of going full-time bootstrapper or not. It really depends on you. Now you know you just have to take some time and uh, think about it. And yeah, that's basically the section of the lifestyle of the entrepreneur that I had for you. I hope you enjoyed it. Now I want to go to my project updates. And uh, I've been focusing 100% on the WB space, my virtual coworking space for bootstrappers. So I'll, I'll be speaking about that. But first, let me just get, grab here a um, sip of my coffee. And I will not edit this part. <laughs> Delicious coffee. Do you drink coffee? It's, it's really good. I love coffee. Anyways, back to the topic. So WB space. I've been uh, getting, as I told you in the beginning of this episode, a couple of new members every week. And uh, it's been great. There's, it's These people are coming from my steady growth, as I mentioned last episode. So steady growth is mostly uh, indie hackers and Twitter. I need to every day go and find comments where I can kind of plug my community. And funny enough, today I was actually on indie hackers and I found a perfect topic for me to plug my community, he said, how to overcome loneliness as an entrepreneur, something like this. And I was reading and I was like, oh, okay. Already ri- ready to writing a comment about my community. And then they gave some examples of communities. They said, there are already some communities that you can join that will somehow help you. And they recommended the WB space. What? And this person was not even a member. So it's, it's crazy, like my marketing is working and now there's people already speaking about the community. So this is really, really nice. I felt super happy with that. And uh, another thing that I've been trying to do is to invite people to join the community uh, for free. So it's for a trial for one month, some of the people that I find interesting and that I, I find that have a good fit in the community, I try to do that. And a couple have already tried that out. So let's see if in one month, I, I'm i able to, to keep them. Still, it's not growing in, in the rate that I, I, I can say that I will be living from this in the near future, which I need to. And I've been obsessed with the with idea of making it viral, of trying to make a feature or a video or something that will make my community viral and people would like to join. It's, it's really hard. I've been trying to think a lot. I've been spending the past two days like just thinking. I'm paralyzed. I'm just thinking, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? One new idea that I've had, which I'm very excited about, is to start a kind of accelerator for bootstrappers inside the community. Because one of the goals of this community is to help people, bootstrappers build their projects. That's what I'm passionate about. I want to enable people to take their ideas and make into the reality and and therefore make this world a better place for for us to live. And uh, one of the things that the community is already doing really well is to find you friends, other bootstrapper friends. And when I mean friends, it's really friends, not just like, you know, acquaintances or something. There's people that are already meeting each other and they they really get connected there. It's really, really, really nice. And they help each other. So that part is already done. Now I just want to take it to the next phase. And one thing that I've noticed with, I think I told you about this feature that I've created. We have this Slack channel where people just write what they're doing each day. It's really cool. They just say even personal stuff. And then people comment on each other. They give suggestions. I build like a bot that keeps your streak and tells you how many days in a row you are shipping or making stuff. I lost my streak. I was actually leading with 14 days in a row, but then Sunday I forgot to post because I was basically relaxing. And I lost my streak. Now I'm back to one. So I think now Jasper is actually uh, winning that. But uh, it's really a nice feature and people like it. And I realized that this idea of keeping each other accountable and surrounding yourself with people like-minded people that can help you grow, it's really important. So I thought, let's do a WBE Accelerator for bootstrappers. Are you super excited? Are you like jumping all around? <laughs> I hope so, because it's really cool. So if you remember with my chat with Michelle uh, two weeks ago, she went through the Y Combinator and she told me kind of how it works. And it's surprisingly simple. So you have a group of people, uh, your your co-founders, right? And then you and your co-founders join a group of other five companies. And that's it. And then every week you have a meeting with these group of people and there's one uh, kind of mentor that is there helping moderate the meeting and you do this for three months and you you also have some networking events but they are kind of supporting each other and helping each other and they also give some probably some resources to help you out guide you through your uh, inter- entrepreneur career and I thought I can do this I mean this is simple I have the community I have the people that are interested for that I mean why not so One only thing, and I think it's important to mention. So YC invests in these companies. So I think they they put uh, 100K, is it? I don't know. For 10% of these companies, we don't do this. Like this is a bootstrap accelerator. We don't put any money. We just give you the framework for you to shine. And we also obviously don't take any equity, right? So you you pay to be part of the community $5 a month, and that's it. And uh, that's my idea. So... Let me give you a couple of the. I'm I'm still kind of brainstorming, and if you have some ideas, make sure to send me on uh, on Twitter, send me a DM. But this is the idea. So I want to start uh, hopefully in April. I'll create a Slack channel where people can just join if they want to be part of uh, of the the group of the accelerated program, and uh, I will create some kind of bot that matches people together. So matches groups of five, and then uh, in this group of five, they will have meetings either weekly or bi-weekly. I still have to decide this. And uh, each time one of the members of the group moderates the meeting. So let's say it's... uh, I was thinking maybe three months, but uh, maybe I'll do it 10 weeks or something so that everyone can moderate the meeting meeting twice. And uh, my idea is that, again, every week a different member of the group moderates the meeting and people will just share what they achieved that week, what were their blockers... And they will like help each other. So it's meetings of maybe one hour per week. And in the end of the accelerator program, so let's say it's three months, in the end of these three months, we also have a demo day. A demo day is a public event, not only for the WBE members, but even for anyone that wants to join. I will try to bring some of my connections or the people that I interviewed here. Imagine like having Arvid there or uh, Michelle or uh, anyone like... Also, and there will be a panel, and uh, every member that participated in the accelerator will pitch their idea, pitch what they have learned, pitch their journey, and then they will get some comments from the panelists, and then everyone will be able to vote in uh, multiple categories. Let's say the most interesting idea, the biggest achievement. And then, yeah, we do a little event out of it, and uh, that's it. And then if they want to join another accelerator program, they can. But that's kind of the idea. The idea is really to get this focus group and help people to get their idea from uh, zero to something that they want to achieve. What do you think? Is this cool? Is this something that you want to join? I don't know. I'm super excited just by talking about it. So I already started like sharing on Twitter, sharing it around. I created an indie hackers post and I'll, I'll do something. My hopes with this is that this will be a feature that will bring a lot of people because this is super useful, super fun. It will have this public event that hopefully will have a lot of people with a lot of followers that uh, will bring more attention to the WB space. So, yeah, I don't know what, what do you think about it. Maybe there will be also some prizes for the people that win the demo days. Let me know what you think. I- I'm really interested in, uh, in knowing your uh, opinion that's it for the wb space there's nothing much now um and uh, now it's time to go to the tips and tricks for entrepreneurs the part that you are excited for this week i i was reading something on indie hackers and uh, i think the title was is passive income a reality it's really, really, really hard to have a true passive income. And for you to understand, passive income is, is like you build something and then you don't touch it. You don't think about it. It just makes you money. There are options for you to do that, for sure. And we, we've spoken with, with some people that did it, right? If you remember Xavier, he built um, a list of uh, places where you could advertise your startup and he just sold, sold it on Gumroad or something and he got money coming out of that. So he, that was a one-time thing, right? He built, obviously you always need to do marketing. So, I mean, it's really, really hard to have only passive income. But if you, you need to find a product where there's a lot of demand, a lot of people searching for it, there's no proper solution and it's something that you just need to do once and never touch it again. The only example that comes to my mind is the Bible app? <laughs> yes, the Bible app. So I, I've, I've heard this on a podcast a while ago. And back in the days when the first mobile apps were appearing, there was one person, one guy, and he's not even religious, but he had this idea let's digitalize the app, or the app. Let's, let's digitalize the Bible and put it into an app. And it was crazy. He was selling it for, I think, five bucks. The app or something. You can install it for five bucks. And he became a millionaire just out of that. And it's it's something that maybe took him a month to do or something. And that was it. Um However, maybe he had to do some tweaks. Maybe he had to do a couple of new updates in the future. But this is, I think, the closest you can get to passive income. Now, it's true that it's really hard to get true passive income. But you can, and that's also my goal, to reach a point where uh, you... The number of hours you work are not proportional or they're not one-to-one proportional to the money you're making, right? So when you're working, let's say as a waiter, right, or or even as a doctor, doctors do the same, right? When they only get paid for every consultation they do. If they don't do consultations, they don't get paid. That's a one-to-one uh, business kind of, right? So you you need to work to get money. You might be paid a lot, but you really need to work. The idea here is that the same amount of work you put to get five users is the same amount of work you put to get one million users. That's kind of the point you want to reach. That's the point I want to reach with the community. That's the point I want to reach with this podcast. And to do so, you need to start, you need to, let's say, build passive first. You know, there's the mobile first, there's the audience first, and now I have this new term, I'll coin it, passive first and uh, you need to start building your product already thinking that you want to make it as a passive income so for instance if you are doing freelancer it's really hard to get to do that right because you need clients and you need to work for the clients to pay you right if you remember my chat that I had with Tim started last week again he said that he didn't understand why people were so crit- criticizing this kind of freelancing jobs because that's also how we learn how to build a business and he, he got to know a lot of people. But of course, it's not passive, right? When you're, as a freelancer, you are not doing something that is passive. So I can give you an example of what I'm doing with the WB space. WB space as a product. It's not a, it's not a tech product, even though I want to believe it is. But it's a product that creates value even if I am not there, right? So the value, the big value of the community are are the members. Those are the ones that bring value to the community. And if uh, one member, which is me, is not there, there are still other 30, 50, 1,000 members. So there's still value being created for the community. So I already have something that doesn't require my hours of work to create value, right? So this is already the base now. I have to start thinking also on automation. Then there's a little small tweaks that you need to do. For instance, I, in the beginning, every time someone joined, I was like emailing them the link to join Slack, emailing them the instructions, how to use the community. I automated all of that. Now, when someone joins, they automatically get the email. Once they join the Slack, they get a message that it seems that it's coming directly from me, but it's actually an automated message, welcoming people and uh, telling some of the ideas. After three days, there's another message, kind of giving some other uh, updates. So all of this process, all of the onboarding process is automated. I can be sleeping, I can be sipping pinacoladas in whatever, sailing, and this is still happening. Another thing that I'm trying to do is, everything I build around the community is be asynchronous something that it doesn't need me so for instance there's uh, the events the monthly events there's one event per month that i organize and this one requires my work i need to organize it i need to be there however i still want people to be able to mingle with each other without my presence so we have the random coffees people just join a random the random coffee channel and they get matched every week And they have to organize between themselves when they want to meet. So I don't need to be part of it. And there's already value being created. And then we also have the virtual office where people can just join spontaneously and they can speak with each other. They can work with each other. They can have breaks. They can do all of that. Again, it doesn't require me. I also have a message that is sent after two weeks. Someone joins that asks for feedback so that part is also automated. Obviously, then when they answer me, that part I will obviously read and that, that's me. But it doesn't require as as much time. So everything I'm building, my bots, everything around the community doesn't require my full-time attention. And also one thing that is really important is to use tools that you don't give need to maintain so most of the tools that I'm using so let's say slack slack is being there's a team of people maintaining slack so if slack is down for some reason it's not me that I have to worry there's a team that is working on making it and making it up and, and making uh, and fixing it right uh, most of my software runs on the cloud runs on Google Cloud so again it's it's very easy to change it it's very and I don't have to make sure that the servers are going and I don't have to always, See if there's bugs and so on. So even the way I build my software is in a way that I can relax. I can take some time off. This is what I wanted to share with you today. That there is this concept of uh, passive first, and this is something that you need to start from the beginning. You you need to start thinking. Okay, do I is it required for me to put one hour of work to get ten dollars every time, or can I put the same hour of work and get a thousand dollars or a million dollars, whatever. So this is just what I wanted to share with you today in this episode, my tips and tricks, how to think passive first. I hope this was uh, helpful for you. And that's it. That's it for today's episode. One really important thing. This podcast takes me obviously a lot of time to do. I love to do it. I love also to get your feedback but I would love to see it grow. So make sure you share it. If you like, if you like this episode, if there's an episode that you like, share it on your Twitter, share it on your social media, share it with your uh, entrepreneur friends. That really means the world to me. And uh, if you want to go one step further, you can buy me a coffee. The link will be in the description. Or you can also join the virtual coworking space for Bootstrapper. It costs five dollars a month so it's not that much i mean i think it's probably one of the cheapest communities there is uh at least the paid ones obviously you have some someone that are free but uh, yeah that also will help the podcast if you join you you might even just join and 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 pay the five dollars and you might not even care for the community but at least you are supporting this podcast and that's it that's it everything that i have for for you today i have a great interview this thursday So make sure to be tuned for that. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time. All right, time for another coffee.